Wow, Dad, stealing the show once again. Hello, and welcome to episode two of Me, My Dad, and The Bachelor. My name is Matilda Bosley. And I'm Ray Bosley. And we are not enjoying ourselves. No, not even half of us are enjoying ourselves. Which really is the kind of quota that we established for this podcast. That'd be, we'd be doing well if that was our average. We're maybe at one quarter enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, you're at zero. No, look, I, I don't think that's fair to say. I, I'm... I'm Certainly in the in the positive numbers, mm-hmm. um, but um, but it's you know it's it's almost entirely sort of ironic enjoyment. It's oh. kind of you know it's it's sort of enjoying it um, the way you sort of enjoy watching a bad movie or you enjoy listening to terrible kitschy songs and I, stuff. You're saying ironic enjoyment. Yes. I'm worried that you thought that I've been genuinely enjoying this the whole time for all these years. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, well, um, then you, perhaps you have got some cause for worry because <laughs> I, th- I thought that... Um, well, look, it's like any competitive no, sport. actually, that's, that's, that's the progression. You hate it mm. and then you're just watching it for gigs. Yeah. And then it's three years on, four years on. <laughs> you know every bit of Bachelor. I listened to four different Bachelor podcasts and now I'm making one. Right, right. Yeah, well, uh, I think that every um, everyone, every time, every decade, maybe every generation certainly has got some sort of, um, you know, guilty pleasure, mm. so bad it's good kind of thing that, that everyone sort of latches onto a... You know, like back in the in the late eighties, it was kind of EastEnders. Everyone everyone I knew was watching EastEnders, um, mm. which you, I don't know if you know EastEnders. It was a British soap opera. I'm assuming it's about one man competing for the affection of twenty six women. Um, it's yeah, yeah. On average, yeah, I suppose that'd be right. <laughs> yeah. So before we jump into these weeks, kind of. Mm. Half episodes. What we're about, we're four episodes in now. Yep. What do you think of Lockie? Oh, um, well, I think I'm pretty sort of um, much. I don't think my opinion of him has shifted a lot. He he he's kind of seems to be sort of evolving, or at least his attitude towards what he's doing seems to my eye seems to be sort of evolving a lot. Particularly in episode four, it seemed to be a slightly different kind of mindset that he had. Uh, than in the first three episodes, um, d- dare I say, it, he seems a little bit less kind of humble and a little bit more sort of settled into the the reality of oh, okay, for 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 whatever reason, he's the one guy that all of these women are sort of vying for their attentions, and he's to my eye, he seems to have sort of taken that on board and is kind of comfortable with it, which um, makes me less comfortable with it. Mm. I actually have some bachelor gossip for you, mm. which is there's this pod. There's not that I want to be promoting another podcast, yeah. But there's this podcast called So Dramatic, mm. and she has like a lot of interviews with like an exclusive. She's kind of like a friends with a lot of the bachelor people, oh, okay. spills yep. the dirt kind of thing. Apparently, Lockie allegedly was like third choice. Like oh, they had right. two other people pull out before him. Okay. And apparently he was a bit of a pain on the Survivor set. Like, 
Oh, right. Completely rumour and hearsay that I absolutely do not stand by in any way, shape or form as fact. Allegedly, like, made a couple of producers cry, like, through an axe. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but I can... But, like, does that kind of inform... I, I just saw him kind of getting very cosy with the idea of him being the very desirable man mm, mm. and uh, maybe I was just manifesting it in my mind because I had heard those rumors but it seemed to fit with me it wasn't it wasn't sort of a huge thing and in fact some of the other kind of innocent bystanders that were uh, witnessing the episode tonight with us mm. didn't really see that um, uh, but um, it just sort of seemed like a kind of subtle shift and or maybe he sort of dropped a bit of the sort of phony, I'm so nervous, I'm so humble, this is all a bit weird, weird for me kind of stuff that is shtick that he sort of seemed to be mm. seemed to be espousing uh, for the first three eps. Uh, look, I don't know. I mean, he he, he um, my first two and a half, three episodes worth of, of impression was he's bland and a bit of a sort of wishy-washy no one. And I guess on balance, it's sort of he's more interesting if he's not quite as bland and wishy-washy. But I'm not, not sure that I'm a big fan of the direction he seems to be heading. Yeah, I wish there was some medium between no personality and then just being only talking about women having sex dreams about him. Mm, yeah. Like if there was somewhere in between. Yep, yep. There must be. You'd think <laughs> theoretically. So we're on the same wavelength, are we? You're, that's what I you're... think he's a bit of a scumbag. I have no proof mm. and no evidence, but mm. it's the vibe I'm getting. And I was glad that we were on the same page as you and I battled it off against Mum, who was, I think, just obsessed with Nicole and wasn't really seeing the full picture. Yeah. She loves... Yeah. that. That's something new. Mum started to get invested. <laughs> yeah. And, and she quite liked Roxy to begin with, but she was very anti-Roxy. This, this episode. Yeah. The, I mean, well, we'll get into episode four and, and, mm. and I want to talk at length about Roxy. Yep. Why don't we jump into episode three by just giving your immediate, visceral, in-the-moment reactions in the seconds after the show ends. It's not worth watching. It's not. It's worse than that. It's actually actively torture. I'm, I'm feeling diminished by being party to it. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, perhaps it's me. Gee, it was a bit lacking in Zoe Claire this this week. She she kind of failed to rise to the occasion. What are you thinking about the twenty episodes that we've got to go? How many? <laughs> Maybe like twenty. No. <laughs> So, I mean, you weren't having the best time. No, no. And, um, and look, I've, I've, probably, I've probably let myself down a little bit by just, you know, not kind of, not humouring it a bit then, uh, not, not sort of making an effort. You know, like a relationship is a two-way street. And, um, uh, you know, if, if it's all just, so, if I'm sort of just expecting it all to come my way, that's no, there's no great future in that. And so... Um, but you want, you want a show to take risks. You want it to, right. to grow with you and explore. I don't want know? it to just be like any show. I mm. want it to be its own show and to know what it wants as a show. But also for it to know what it wants, but it to want exactly what you want exactly. in every well, way, that, shape, Yeah, of course. I mean, sure, that goes without saying almost. Yeah. 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 We pick up where we left off um, with, I want to say, Caitlin. In the wedding dress. Oh, that's right. Yes. So it was the sort of cocktail party after. No, no, no. We're not at the cocktail party yet. Oh. You would be mistaken. You would be so forgiven for forgetting everything that happened before the cocktail party, but there is some stuff. 
So the girls arrive back in the mansion. And this is tradition. The girls arrive back in the mansion. You get a little bit of a debrief with the girls who oh, weren't yeah, on the right. day. You know, a little bit of a chat. It usually lasts 45 seconds. <laughs> yes. This lasted... 15 minutes? Quarter of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An extremely long amount of time. And what was that? They were kept on going on about... Ariba was stirring the pot about how beautiful Caitlin was and how uh-huh. good the chemistry was. And I love it. Right, so she was revving up. Who was she mainly revving up for? It's a little bit hard to cast the mind back a day. She so. was, it, it, it was deeply forgettable. She was revving up Bella. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Poor old Bella. It feels like we should talk about this section more because it was such a significant part of the show. But there's nothing else to discuss. Roxy started crying again. Yep. And yep. she was. She said, oh, I've been so good. I'm doing it again. As <laughs> if she seems to have been in, on t- in tears the whole way back. Well, she feels, you know, some people just feel things too much and perhaps Roxy's one of those people, you know. It's just too deep, too in the moment, too true to herself. So I, uh, There's something compelling about Roxy, but it's certainly not her emotional stability. Yep. So we have their single date together, Caitlin and Lockie, and nothing happens. She talks about how hot he is. Where were they? They were just sort of dagging around where they did the photo shoot, weren't they? Oh, yeah. So one thing that you don't know about Bachelor Law is the love couch. Oh, okay. They seem to sort of carry around an endless supply of couches Mm. with cheese boards and candles. (laughs) Okay. And they had a very sad cheese board on that plate. Like, I don't want you to be taken away from this episode that that's the quality of cheese board that we expect from this show because it is absolutely not. Yep. That was a Coles cheddar. I'm hugely relieved. So nothing happens on their date. And and so now we get to the cocktail party, which I think is where your memory picks up. Kicks in, yeah. So that was all about um, the big betrayal, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Caitlin arrives back. She's got a rose. People are a bit miffed miffed. because she's sort of gorgeous. Yep. And looks like Sophie Monk. Monk, Allegedly. We heard heard a bit, yeah. Um, And then some girls have a clever idea. Oh, it's brilliant. It was one of the, as, as strategic masterstrokes go. <laughs> I think it was Ariba was the mastermind, as she, as she is with most things. Uh, and she decided that, um, you know, going one-on-one against Caitlin, uh, you know, what's better than that? Going three-on-one. So she, uh, Christina and Juliet. What's Christina's job? Christina is the PhD student we are led to believe every time her title <laughs> comes up on the screen. Uh all the other times we are led to believe that she's unemployable, I think. <laughs> Actually, her, her current position is, is a voluntary part-time uh, as a sycophant to Ariba. Yep. Uh, so uh, Juliet is the third wheel of the tricycle, and um, she, uh, she's at the bottom of the three-tier uh, pecking order. Mm-hmm. Undeservedly, because she's a bit cleverer than at least... Christina, she seems a bit more sort of, I don't know, well-rounded. She seems a bit more of a nice person. Maybe that's her fatal flaw. But anyway, the three of them decide, oh, well, we'll just sort of storm this this kind of, um, uh, we'll just barge in there with the three of us and, and, and we'll, we'll send that that intruder Caitlin packing, which they kind of did. Or did. It seemed fun, their mm. day. Like, it seemed like a good time. Lockie yeah. seemed like he was having fun. Yes. I didn't. I didn't like how much he was enjoying having the attention of the three girls at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what I especially hated? Mm-hmm. I could not stand and couldn't could barely pay attention to the episode. The fact that they kept calling it a threesome date. Oh, yeah. But there was four of them. 
Yeah, it's quite. It was quite sexist, really, wasn't it? It was. Well, it's. Just, I mean, you're just bad at maths. Yep. 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 You'd think con- continuity would have alerted them to that. But also then you kept sort of seeing Lockie kind of correct it. He's like, oh, <laughs> the producers are like, how was that threesome date? And he's like, oh, the foursome was. I'm like, thank you, Lockie. One thing that I wanted to bring up from this little threesome date that I thought was very telling mm. was Christina said, oh, you know, you're actually, you actually like are my type. Right. And then he went, he went oh, well, you'd hope so. Uh-huh. Like, very bemused, as if he has just taken it absolutely for granted that all the women in this house would be attracted oh, to yeah, him. Oh, yeah, right, I see what you're Like, saying. what I'm saying yep. is, I don't think, and what we noticed from Nicole's date, mm. I don't think it's ever crossed his mind that he has to impress these women as well. Yeah. That yeah. It, it seems like it's a one-way thing. And look, maybe I'm reaching here. Maybe he just meant, well, you'd hope so because I'm your only choice. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. It just really rubbed me the wrong way. It kind of was like, oh, that's just, like, such a weird assumption that, you know, this PhD candidate, clearly capable, competent, beautiful woman found him attractive. I don't know. It really, I really didn't like it. Yeah. And also the promos made it seem like Christina did, like, a full strip tease. Remember? They're like, oh, okay. what are they doing? And then she just did, like, one little twirl and it was fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so they all had a wonderful time. Meanwhile, all their remaining 16 or 17 women sort of gazing across the, the open expanse to, to this little kind of threesome date going on. I, how dare you? <laughs> um, were just uh, really, uh, just they were, their noses were so far out of joint they had they need traction by the end of the evening. It was mm-hmm. um, seemed to be against the rules that the three of them could team up and do this manoeuvre, I don't know. <laughs> I, I was out of my depth. So the date wraps up and they sort of have this weird sort of two-minute goodbye. Yes, yes. And in the process... In the process, Juliet, uh, air quotes, remembered that she'd written a note uh, to Lockie and sort of pulls it out of her dress somewhere and then slips it to him and says, oh, if you get a chance, could you read this, you know, mm. 75 words, <laughs> you know, if you have a moment. This small tweet. Yes. <laughs> Afterwards, or like immediately afterwards in the edit, uh, Lockie sort of gets a, a moment alone and reads this note, which is a sort of quite a sort of um, unassuming little note saying um, basically, I'm not really, you know, in my element when I'm dressed up in a cocktail dress and all this makeup uh, and stuff. And yeah, the, doing... the dress and the makeup isn't me, which mm. is blatantly untrue yeah. from what we've seen. <laughs> She's constantly the most dressed up in the house. And uh, and just sort of voicing that, you know, she'd like to get a chance if to, to, to sort of drop all of this facade and, you know, get to know him. So naturally he fell for it, uh, hook, line and sinker, uh, immediately sought her out again. Like I would say by the prompting of producers for the yeah. sake of drama. Yep, yep. Uh, and, and, and slipped her a rose, didn't he? And Not slipped, made it quite obvious. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He was. That's right. He came and got her, and he had this rose kind of clamped in his fist behind his back on, <laughs> on show for everyone to see as he sort of then crossed the you know the the full breadth of the of the the space. He is so forthcoming with giving praise to all the women. Like usually, the bachelors play it a bit close to the oh, chest. Oh, okay, right. But every girl he's talked to, because okay, so after this, he goes and gets Bella. Bella's having this big sort of moral question about should I grab him should I listen to my heart or listen to him and then he's sort of trying to 
talk to other women about it and get them to tell her it's okay. Oh, was he? Home? Yeah, she she was yeah. sort of like, oh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be unfair to Lockie, and they're all like, oh, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> but like when he goes and gets Bella, he's like, you're the one that I wanted to talk to. Like I've been seeking you out. Oh, I just right. feel so calm when I'm with you. And but right- every time I see your eyes, that I get lost in them across the room oh, and stuff like that. Yeah, I was coming. You know, I, I was just wanting to come talk to you, and like every woman he's talked to would not be. I guess silly to assume that they were the woman that was gonna <laughs> yeah. sort of be there at the end of the day because like well you know Nicole the next episode oh you're just like amazing I'm so drawn to you then Roxy oh you're the one I'm chasing I'm so drawn to you even Juliet like that letter touched me so much this is exactly what I want to hear like he's I don't know <laughs> he's maybe a, it's good I mean I criticize he's a, he's, he's, a, he's an infinite wellspring of sincerity whether <laughs> yeah. he means it or not I criticize the honey badger so much for like showing no emotion but I'm not sure I love <laughs> the other end of the scale as well it's like i don't know i feel like there has to be some recognition of like his 20 other girlfriends but it's he just is telling every single one of them that they're the one well we've sort of seen three kind of women that he spent some time with is nicole and and then bella and and then roxy tonight and um and he always seems to manufacture this genuineness about the connection that he's made and and it's kind of like once he gets with that person, it's like, oh, good, I can sort of, you know. Finally take a breath out. That's right. And, and all this sort of superficial nonsense. And you're the one that I've really made a genuine connection with. I don't know. It feels a bit dishonest to me. I don't know why he's just really rubbed me the wrong way that he has. <laughs> he seems fine, but I really don't like him. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we need to have a bit of a chat about Ariba's <sighs> fury. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that was the centerpiece of the episode after that was then it kind of, Ariba figures out that this note was passed when when the, when roses are given and I everything. like that Christina's like oh I saw you give the note but I didn't really twig but now I have twigged and like clearly like the moment after the producers told her <laughs> <laughs> I love her yeah. I, I don't know what she's doing but I appreciate it and then suddenly it's just on for young and old that that, that they're both just lambasting um, poor old Juliet and her reaction in episode 3 was kind of she was like taken aback she was sort of flawed and and she she felt unsure and I mean obviously it was a premeditated move because you know she wrote the note (laughs) and (laughs) folded it up and hid it in, in her bra strap or something and uh and then slipped it to him you know so it was obviously a plan but I don't think she quite realized the 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 depths of of her sort of um Snakiness in it made and then they manufactured all... a pact, didn't they? Yeah. After after they the saying, fact, we would have we would have tried harder. We would have put our best foot forward. I would suggest that you do that anyway. Yeah, but then yes, the next episode they were discussing this pact they made not to outshine one another. Mm, mm, and she she just sort of threw that in their face and stomped all over them. She was a snake. That's right. Juliet's reaction on in the moment was to sort of apologise and could I sort of say oh, I do, I didn't really sort of oh, think no. that. The, I did, I wasn't, oh yeah! I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't. I wouldn't. Which smart? <laughs> you know what Ariba can't argue with? <laughs> Someone just saying sorry. Ariba was just so ready for a fight. Was ready to go in, and Juliet just gave her nothing. And I respect that. You know who we didn't see barely any of, apart from Laura. No, we saw more than Laura. Oh, we Laura. didn't see much of Zoe Claire. Zoe Claire. Yeah. And she was wearing a beautiful dress. She looked like Barbara Eden in Jean- I Dream of Jeannie. She looked like the, the queen from The Masked Singer. Right, yeah. Which I only know from the ads maybe in between. That's a, maybe that's a clue. 
Oh, I would adore it if the queen from Marsinger whips off her thing and then just locks of gorgeous fiery red hair came out. <laughs> the violins start playing. Mm. Oh, we can we can live in hope. It, let's never watch an episode so then we can believe that in yeah. and of itself. Yeah. Um. So the stage was then set for uh, kind of episode four because yeah. that, that the, was pretty much it. There was a rose ceremony. The girl with the dog got kicked out. Uh, I think yeah. a girl called Leilani and another woman that I've never seen before. Right. Yep. No, it, no one cares. Yep. Yep. Uh, so then we get to episode four, which... Um, uh, what happened at the start of episode four? It's, it was literally 45 minutes ago. And yet it's escaping me. <laughs> um, we start off learning uh, that Nicole has used her triple threat rose. We're oh, in the Blue it, Mountains. Is it up to the, the, the recipient of the triple threat rose when they can en- 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 kind of have the dates and things? Allegedly. Right. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't suspect it's as democratic as... Lockie would have us believe. You don't think they put a block booking on the Blue Mountains and any day that Nicole said yes, then then they said, okay, we'll take it then. So we arrive in the Blue Mountains and Lockie's going to take Nicole on what can only be described as a 50-metre bushwalk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they they traipse through, you know, they move past about four gum trees (laughs) and then get to a cliff. And, oh, goodness me, it looks like we've hit a dead end. Well, you know how I mentioned that this hike was going to have a bit of a locky twist? Well, guess what? You may, you may notice those um, abseiling ropes dangling down the side of the cliff there. One of them's yours and one of them's mine. And then off they were going. And, uh, and the preface to this, of course, which um, I'm sure you picked up on more than I did, was that... Um, Nicole had sort of mentioned, oh, I hope there's nothing to do with heights. I, I'm really for afraid of heights. Yeah, so being afraid of heights is a bit of a staple of the Bachelor series. <laughs> um, it's a sort of well-trodden joke in the Bachelor world that if you want to get a date and get screen time, uh-huh. probably the best thing you can do is to slip it to producers that you're terrified of skydiving. Right. So we didn't quite get skydiving. We did get some sort of... Vague impression of abseiling. I don't know much about abseiling, but it didn't look like either of them were experts. In retrospect, I'm worried because the big emotional moment with Nicole was her talking about how she injured her foot. Yeah. And then what he does immediately is take her on a mountainous abseiling bushwalk. Yep. Yep. It seems like something that OH&S should have checked beforehand. Yes. So, so they go down a small cliff. He didn't look much more sort of agile than she did. I, can't, I actually almost expected him to just jump down. Well, I, I did because they had him GoPro'd up, didn't they? they yeah. Had, they had the onboard camera on his chest and I thought we'd see these swirling sort of vertiginous kind of views going down this cliff in about 10 seconds flat. But no, he just tottered down like Lowered she did. himself down. Yeah. And then they went for sort of a circuitous... 10 metre trot along this bottom cliff. Past another couple of suspiciously familiar looking gum trees. So they get to this cliff and then, whoa, surprise! (laughs) (laughs) The the locky twist is there's two locky twists. (laughs) There's a kill, which, like, there wasn't any other option, though. That's what I found so funny. He's like, they got to the edge of a cliff and he's like, oh, surprise, we're going up. It's like, yeah, I'd hope so. (laughs) I'd like the idea that they just free solo up the cliff face and, like, 
she may or may not wake her back. <laughs> all, all 20 of them should. <laughs> That's, oh, that would be very extreme sports. That's yeah. how he eliminates them week by week. Just genuinely who can make it the furthest. It's the Bachelor Hunger Games edition. <laughs> Yeah. It honestly is, though. Like, Belle nearly drowned. We got Nicole falling off the side of a cliff. The next thing we, next thing we see is people tackling each other, giving each other concussions. Yeah. It's just, I would not, there's no part of any of these dates that have looked appealing, <laughs> including the including man. Including making chips. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, we'll get to the yeah. chips. Um, so they get up to the top and then they've made it and 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 Lockie's kind of you know uh, it's just just so ready to say how impressive um, Nicole's been and she's she's really nailed a place in his heart mm. and soul because she's been so wonderful and um, and she she I think uh, seemed genuinely sort of relieved and and proud of herself and, yeah. and good on her because. That looked like a scary cliff that they climbed up. I liked that what she was, she was sort of talking, I'm proud of myself. I went out of my comfort zone. I can do all that. And he's like, I'm glad that she likes the things that I like. Like, she's not having this moment for you, Lockie. Like, he's all like, she's really impressed me. I'm like, I think she's impressed herself. Like, this is really not about you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they go on a little single day. She opens up a bit about, you know, men getting close oh, to her, right. but then, you know, right when it comes to the crunch, they just want to be a friend. They can't imagine anything serious with her. And she's gone six, she's been single for six years. And then she, and then we learn that she, yeah, she sort of, her dancing career got, got ended by uh, an injury to one leg. And she's now been a sort of dancing teacher, not, not, no longer sort of a professional dancer on cruises so, and things. So what she's talking about is sort of this deeply emotional, life-changing, traumatic event that's happened to her. And how, you know, she's had to kind of rebuild herself and reassess her values and, you know, kind of find peace in her new life. And his first question after hearing this sort of... This gut spilling. Emotional thing is, oh, well, you could, could you be a dance teacher in Bali? <laughs> like, it's just... He's just ticking off the things he needs <laughs> in a woman and it doesn't matter what shell that woman comes in. Yes, it does. Oh, I, I just... <laughs> Like, I'm so angry at this man. I do not like him one little bit. So, yes, and then they get back, and then we're only halfway through the, this episode. Yeah, so we go on to the group date. So uh, they have what can only be described as an unnecessarily violent footy game. <laughs> yeah, well, um, gridiron with them all dressed up in the sort of American gridiron gear, and, and Lockie just sort of humbly kind of drops that he was in the Australian gridiron team. Oh, I didn't even get that. Yeah, yeah. He was, oh, you know, someone talked about gridiron and I tried it out and I kind of loved it and then I tried out for the... and I got picked for the Australian team and we toured the world and blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. You know what makes me like him less? Mm. That. Mm. (laughs) American gridiron is not a a sport that endears people to me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so now then the focus... Meanwhile, is shifting inexorably onto Roxy. Now, was this honestly a pre- prelude to that? What well, did... I just love her. I mean, I don't love her anymore after this. But she's compelling. She's, she's there's something about there's something about Roxy. Mm. So Roxy goes on this little date, and I have to say, I'm actually ple- tentatively but pleasantly surprised about Roxy's treatment on the show so far. Uh-huh. In that she's a kind of Left of centre, slightly abrasive 
intelligent woman who's now talking openly about sexual desire. Oh, yes. In that she admitted that she had a wee bit of a sex dream about Lockie. Yep. And what we got shown was like the guy kind of like responding positively to that and thinking that that's like a fun thing and, you know, like flirty and like impressed by it. Whereas what you haven't seen is the whole of last season Mm. in which Abby dared to kiss Matt and was just shamed horrifically. Second last date, she says, oh, I'd want to have sex with you now. And then just the world went mental. <laughs> oh, the bloody tart. Oh, this <laughs> slut. This girl. Not wife material. Genuinely something that was said. She's more of girlfriend material than wife uh-huh. material. Which I don't know if, what they think a girlfriend is. But like, mm. anyway. So uh, the bar is so low. But I actually was kind of impressed that we left Roxy on a reasonably positive note. I don't think she'll stay there because mm. she is a bit of a sort of agent of chaos in and of herself. But like, I don't know. It was fun. She was having fun. Yeah. What did you think about the whole sex dream uh, moment? Anything like that. It, it, it's always just makes me cringe. It's it's kind of like, it. I, I don't know, half, half the human interactions in it are <laughs> ones where I think, or at least if, if it was, if I was in anything similar, ten uh, percent of of the dialogue would be actually spoken. Everything mm. else, you, you just wouldn't talk much. You'd, you know, <laughs> you'd sort of you'd navigate through these sort of things, and whereas they talk for five minutes on end about about it all, just seems so forced and so kind of gratuitous and and so sort of you know vapid and 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 phony so you know the the bombshell of, of her having a sex dream comes comes out and then he's kind of he wants to know what happened in it he wants, and he wants to know if it was good and, 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 and notably they just cut to the end of the conversation <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh he's barracking for himself as she kind of gives a couple of little tiny details and mm. um uh i mean it was all sort of good fun and everything but it just sort of felt really forced to me and i and therefore kind of cringy and 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 i wanted to look away but again he's also like you're the one i'm chasing i want to get to know you it's very Mm. like we're meant to think that roxy's insane in the next scene where she's like oh nicole had the good date now i just may as well go home but also like if i was promised that much sort of emotionally like i'm sure she walked away from that date thinking that she had something very real and very significant and she would be justified in thinking that so, like, I genuinely don't think she's as batshit as we're meant to assume <laughs> she is for getting, like, upset that he's had another good date with another woman. Yep, yep. Which, um, there's not much to say about. Nicole is a bit sad that Roxy's got a rose, but yep. then she still has a date left, so obviously she's going to get the rose then. So she goes on the bachelor pad date, yep. which is basically a home-cooked lunch, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think the implication of when there's a hangout in the bachelor pad... Mm. Is that like they're gonna hook up? But like it never is, right? So that yeah, they cook some chips. Oh, the big thing we've we've neglected to mention with Roxy is that she refrained from a smooch. Oh, Roxy did refrain from. Maybe that's why we treated it well. She's allowed to have a sex dream as long as she doesn't kiss him. Yeah, swings and roundabouts. Yeah, thank God she's headed on the Madonna side of the pendulum today. (laughs) Um. 
so is there anything to note from Nicole's bachelor pad time? I can't remember much the, of it. They the, they the, made chips. They yeah. chopped up potatoes and deep fried them. He said the most cutting possible thing, which was, I just want to see if there's something between Nicole or I or if we're just like good friends, Ooh. which sounds like exactly how Nicole's been let down by every <laughs> other man for the last six years. <laughs> One thing we have to talk about is the beautiful candid... <laughs> Scene where Christine and Ariba decide that they're gonna. They've got to. They've confront. got to sort of lay the cards on the table with Juliet. Well, they've got to have a debrief after the sort of tumultuous, dramatic kind of fallout that they had the other night. Christina frames it as we've got to let her, you know, have her word and say what happened. Mm. And Ariba sort of frames it as we've got to punish her. <laughs> Yes, I'm not going to make this easy for I'm her. not going to make this easy. So they sort of tear strips off her relentlessly. <laughs> they uh, well, mer- mercilessly kind of, you know, tell her what a bitch she is. And then, appallingly, Juliet's kind of like begging their forgiveness. Yeah. And it gets literally gets to the point where, and, and this took seemed to take minutes on end, and, and we're all kind of going, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, like literally the sound in the room was the four of us as a family watching it going, no, no, as, no. As, as Juliet's like apologising. No, and literally kisses Ariba's well, feet. Well, yeah, Ariba demands that she kisses her hand to be readmitted into the trio. And then goes further to say, "Kiss my feet," and 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 Juliet, I think was there. I think it was a bit of a light-hearted sort of gesture towards doing that. Mm. Um, but the you know, at, uh, the the core of it was submission, you know. To well, and then also Juliet's talking about, "Oh, I gave up my date to Reba." Oh. I thought that she was going to say, like, it just wasn't worth the fight. I didn't want to be bullied in the house, so I thought I'd just do this thing for a Reba and I'll try and make it up to Lockie. But no, she's like, I thought that you would, like, I could make it up to you, Reba, mm. and give you this date and then we can be friends again. And and let's not forget, this is a 34-year-old who's begging on hands and knees, crawling <laughs> over broken glass for forgiveness of a 25-year-old self-identified villain. <laughs> just there's... I love Ariba. We made that clear. I would not want to be her actual friend. I would not sacrifice any sort of, of my own kind of enjoyment. Like, was the bullying just that bad that she had to get back in their good books? But but then immediately afterwards, as we enter the cocktail party, Ariba's now seemingly the mob boss yeah. of the... Of the three of them, I want to get a rose and I'm going to make sure my girls get a rose. That's right. But then she's like, Juliet, if you go say hi to him straight away, you will have let me down. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> um, so we're all strapping in. I could sense your excitement building for, for, to, this for ro- the rose. Because I actually, I had some sort of minor epiphany, which is probably completely wrong. But I, it suddenly occurred to me, I bet you Laura gets eliminated this mm. this round because Laura, one of the trio, the Slytherin trio, but she's been not quite as absent as Zoe Claire, but you, you really can't see them d- ditching Zoe Claire. Well, she's... I genuinely didn't see Zoe Claire in this episode. I don't think she said a word. Maybe not, yeah. Well, we're gearing up in any case, and then suddenly it goes, next week on The Bachelor. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> it, it, it didn't end, it just stopped. So next week's episode... Is half a cocktail party. Yeah. Like, not even a full cocktail party. Like, episode three was, like, a bit of some other f- kerfuffle and then a cocktail party. This is, like, 
we've we've done a third of the cocktail party already, and it's just that episode. Oh yeah, because they didn't they didn't sort of foreshadow any further dra- um, d- dates or no. any other ch- choices being made well, it's or anything like end, that. I mean, the episode has to end at the roast ceremony. So I think tomorrow night's episode, I mean, it, it looks when like... When you say tomorrow night, you mean... I mean... Next t- Wednesday. Time is uh, <laughs> no longer relevant in stage uh, four, how, how, how far through... the how, how long have they been in this mansion together, do you think, now? Well, We're I... Up to F4. What do you reckon? Is it a week? I, probably two weeks, I'd say. Yeah, okay. But also, there is an impending sense of doom when it comes yes, to the... because you know what they don't know yet. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of kissing and not a lot of 1.5 metre sp- distance. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, only Mask was a penguin one. What would you rate each of these episodes out of 10? Uh, well, episode one, uh, I'd give it a solid, solid eight, you know, just, I mean, uh, just... Just for the the force and the quality and quantity of its content, mm. there, there was an there was an, an eight's worth packed into episode one. Episode two was pretty poor. Was I think I was talking in the fours, the you know high threes. You might have given it this, a two. Wait, this night's episode is the poor one. Yeah. So I epi- thought, but if we look back at the recordings, mm. you hated the world and everything about human creation after watching episode three. And you came out of this episode saying that you were enjoying the show genuinely. Well, uh, look, I'm not quite sure that's exactly what I said. I I think I was more sort of worried that I was starting to kind of watch it as a normal show, as a, as, as like I was taking it seriously, I think is probably Mm. the, the, the most disconcerting kind of observation of, you know, trying to get a, a gauge of how I'm reacting. Mm. That's kind of what I'm feeling. I'm, um, you know, starting to kind of look for, for, for hints of real people in, 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 in Lockie and, and the various, mm-hmm. various front runners. Um, I've, I've resisted that urge with a Reba. I find her t- to be a pantomime <laughs> villain. Um, uh, but um, it's, I think perhaps also I'm, um, I'm just a bit more tired this week than last yep. week, and so the emotions are running higher and more, and 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 are less justified. So yeah. you know, when something minorly kind of heartening happens, I go, "Oh wow!" Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and that's that's worrying. So to close out the episode, as we did last week, I've prepared a short bachelor-based quiz for you. Okay. So we've got two questions. Uh, question number one: Out of the seven complete series of The Bachelor four complete series of The Bachelorette and three complete series of Bachelor in Paradise, how many couples are still together? Oh, okay. Um, so of a possible, what's that, sort of 11 or something? Or well, 15. Bachelor in Paradise has like 15 combos potentially. Right. Okay. Uh, I would guess maybe four. Wow, six. Oh, okay. We've got four couples from Bachelor and then two from the most recent Bachelor in Paradise. Right. But they've survived the pandemic together, so I'd say they're pretty solid. That's an acid test, yeah, yeah. Uh, The second question, I'm going to need a number from 1 to 10. In the term stage blank clinger, which is a common phrase on the show, what is the numerical value? Stage something number clinger. Yeah. Oh, okay. So stage 4 clinger. It's in fact, stage five clinger. Oh, I was close. I was close. Okay. Can you name for me a stage five clinger from the series? Uh, well, I know of oh, the current series or a, pre, a historical series. Oh, actually, who do you think is a stage five clinger in the current series? 
I don't know. I'd say Juliet after tonight's effort. Yeah, but no, but not to Lockie. No, it's <laughs> yeah, right, to Ariba. To Ariba. Yeah. Um, uh, the Al- only one I know is Abby. So Abby was not a stage five clinger, and mm. I, I absolutely despise you for suggesting uh, such. Okay, well I'll, I'll beg for my forgiveness. I would and have kissed ex- your foot. <laughs> yes, please. I would have um, accepted a Jamie Doran, an Alex Nation. Uh, a Jared Woodgate. I've, these all I've seem to be boys. You, no, Alex Nation's a girl. Okay. I've walked you through all of these, Dad. I'm yeah, upset. I, Alex, Even an Ali Ockjin. Right, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, you know, are there DVDs of these or something? <laughs> I think they're sort of banished to the sort of realms <laughs> of time as they should be. Right. All right, that might be um, all we have left in us just emotionally <laughs> for this week. Empty husks now. <laughs> We'll um, be back gracing your airwaves uh, next week if the show bothers to go on air at this point. They really sort of... We'll, we'll be discussing, what, the next five minutes of this cocktail party yes. <laughs> the next episode. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Matilda Bosley. Uh, have you got any social media since last time we spoke? I'm in the white pages. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Me, My Dad and The Bachelor. If you want more fatherly content, you can follow us on Instagram at mydadbatchpod or shoot us an email at mydadbatchpod at gmail.com. This week's episode was produced by myself and Anthony Furchie. Music is by Latch Swing and Tri Trakyong. And the cover art is by my wonderful sister, Perrin Bosley. Have a good one and stay safe. <laughs> <laughs>